Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Have you ever heard that if you knew grandparented could be so good, you would have been that before you were a parent? <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I haven't met too many people that had that privilege. We did have a staff member at the church where I pastored who uh, married a lady, uh, he had never been married, married a lady who had grandchildren, and he said, I'm the guy that everybody loved to be. I have grandchildren, but I've never <laughs> had to be a parent. But anyway, we have with us today, Nathan, a friend that's become a friend here at AFA since I've been here for now, believe it or not, seven and a half, nearly eight years mm. that I've been here. Yet I knew him before that right. because of family connections. I happened to be his in-law's pastor for several years, and I can say in front of him and everyone, they were two of the best people I ever knew. And I can say this, that his mother-in-law made the best chicken and dumplings I've ever put in my mouth anywhere, anytime. And I'm telling you, yeah, she was. They were they were a good set of grandparents. Right? They were. They were. And I don't know if Rusty caught on what we're going to talk about from them or not, but we were in their fan club. I can tell you that right now. His his wife Anne is just a sweet lady from a great family that I've gotten to know the family. So our guest today, after doing all that, is Rusty Benson. <laughs> Rusty, welcome, brother. Uh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it, Bert and Nathan. Glad to be here with you to talk about parenting and grandparenting, particular. Yes, and. He's on the radio. He, he's come back. He's with the Journal. Tell us what you do at AFA I, Journal. Right. I've been on the Journal staff as associate editor for many years, almost 26 now. So I'm involved in the AFA Journal every month and other projects around AFA also. I did spend, I think it was something around five years doing uh, a show with Don Wildman and Ed Vitagliano and some other people along the way. So I'm no stranger to this little room we happen to be sitting in right now. Well, it's, we welcome you back, and we're Thank glad. You. And I, I did. I was I was having fun. If I'm around, you're going to have some fun <laughs> just about it. It's just part of my nature. But well, ser- uh, chicken and dumplings, that's that's serious business now, that, what, especially my mother-in-law's. They, they, they I'm were, serious. They, they were the, incredible. They, they were. They're the best I've ever <laughs> had in my life. And I'm I hope chi- everybody knows what chicken and dumplings yeah, are, right? If they don't know, you need to come south. <laughs> now, you can, I'm not, this is not a promotion, but you can go to Cracker Barrel, no matter where, and order chicken, but they don't even compare. <laughs> not the same. Zero May Waters uh, chicken <laughs> and dumplings. It, if they right. could have gotten her recipe, uh, nobody would eat anywhere else but there, and they wouldn't order anything but that. But anyway, with that, Rusty, we do welcome you. And we Thank want to you. talk about two things today. You've already hinted to one, to grandparents, but before we get to that, it's connected with grandparenting. And I do want to say I thank Rick Robertson's for putting me up to this, and uh, Rick's running the board in there, and he's just one of my favorite people in all the world. I used to be his pastor and was proud of it. And 
I'd still love to be his pastor. That may come across <laughs> saying I'm proud of Wadden anymore, but no, I loved Rick and Alice. They're great. But he told me it was about something you do called Cousin Count. <laughs> Tell us about that, brother. Well, we started this, uh, Ann and I, Papa Nanny, that is, uh, <laughs> began Cousin Count. There's not, a, not an idea that's original to us. But anyway, we have our grandkids in for a few days during the summer, and just for a very special time, and we call it Cousin Camp, and we um, do T-shirts and that sort of thing. So it's it's a special time that so far the grandkids, and we do too, really look forward to it. And you still have enough energy to do it? Well, on that third day when they leave... I'm pretty worn out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you guys have been doing it for quite a while now? No, I think this may upcoming maybe the fourth year. Fourth year. Uh, our, our oldest granddaughter is 14, and the youngest grandchild that comes to cousin camp is five. I think that's right. And uh, we've got one that's only six months or so old, so she, she doesn't quite qualify not yet. Not quite yet. She's <laughs> not, not there. Not yet. And how many of grandchildren? I know you've got one that's with the Lord. Yep, one with the Lord, three in, that live here in Tupelo, two uh, others that are about 100 miles away, and then three others that are around 40 miles away. Yeah. So all fairly close, considering that some people have grandkids across the country. That We're blessed. blessed. You are yeah. blessed. And because of that, I, I do want to say that in, in heaven. Praise the Lord. We know where they are. David, I think, settle that, and there's two or three other scriptures that settle that. If you have children or grandchildren that had died at, at that early age, David said it, that child can't come to me, but I can go to him. Isn't that? Absolutely. I mean, what does that do for you, knowing one day when you get to heaven, you're going to be able to that, meet that child? That is a comforting thing. We, we say she is a child of the covenant. Amen. I agree with you fully, and I thank God for that. On exploring the word that Alex McFarland and I do, we get that question ever so often. Sure. And uh, we, we love that question because it's a ministering question. Yeah. You know, I, I love those ministering questions better than to do the information questions, although a lot both. Cousin count. Nathan, we, we, we didn't have a quite a count, but the other night we had all five of our grandchildren and five uh, Harper grandchildren that they can kind of make a make uh, yeah. their presence known, can't For they? sure. We might destroy a camp if we <laughs> all went together, but uh, yeah. Okay. What do you try to accomplish at Cousin Camp? Uh, well, Rusty? there's a number of things that, that we would hope would happen, and, and uh, uh, the most obvious being that we just want to build up our family relationship. We want our grandkids, the cousins, to love one another and to know that they're in a, in, in a family where they're surrounded by uh, grandparents and parents who think family is very important. So we're, we're, we're wanting to do that. We're also looking for uh, opportunities to get to know the kids, not only collectively, but as as individuals, too. They're all different, as any grandparent can tell you. And we want a, you know, our, our greatest hope is that they come into our house and know that Christ is the center of our lives, and it's the air. He is the air that we breathe, so to speak, and we want them to get that sense. Sometimes that means uh, speaking to them overtly, and we do, 
about the gospel and about the story of Jesus and who he was and why he was important. Sometimes I hope that that comes through just by the love and the fun and the things that we do. There's plenty of fun time and some serious time all wrapped up together for those three days. So uh, we hope all that kind of accomplishes the goal of pointing them to Christ and, and to be honest, building great memories where they remember how much fun they had and how much they loved each other. Hope that that will carry on forever. Yeah. I'm reminded of a story. Howard Hendricks was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, just great. And as he got older, he his main focus became basically family and family evangelism mm-hmm. and discipleship. They go together. And uh, so he decided after his five children had grown, he'd ask each one of them what was the most memorable thing about their childhood. And every one of them had the same answer. And he thought it would be the vacation trips they made, maybe some of the spiritual things, places they did. But every one of them says the time we spent wrestling with Daddy in the floor. <laughs> every one of them said that. Now, why? Close contact. It's just special, isn't it, as a grand – I just speak speak now from a <laughs> grandparent of how special that is to have it, those grandchildren. Uh, of course it is. And, you know, they're all individuals. We've got uh, – I'm thinking about uh, my 10-year-old granddaughter who lives up in Collierville, Tennessee, near Memphis, how resourceful she is. She's the early riser, likes to get up and uh, even cook breakfast at – not, I, I think she's 10, 9 or 10, for everybody. And, and, you know, that's time that I can spend with her without anybody else. Now, it's not very long because her brother will always hear her <laughs> moving around and get up also. But it's time that, that, I, that I can have an individual relationship with her. And I yearn for that. She yearns for that. It's great. Yeah. Each one of them, I've watched them have their own need. Nathan's youngest, his name is Andrew. And Andrew is, he, this is funny, his other cousin is Caleb. That's my youngest son, Micah's son. Caleb is, give him a tool in his hand, give him some dirt to play in, give him anything like that, and he is happy as he can be. When he was just, uh, he would come over to our house, and all I had to do was get some wood, get a hammer, and get some nails, and he was happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then Andrew uh, we were he he is more precise in that he likes to do things that are inside more clean now he's gotten better at being on the outside <laughs> he's playing soccer and he doesn't mind doing that but each one of them has their own individual little talents and gifts and personalities right. don't That's they right. and we and we try we try our best to accommodate those during cousin camp you know for the for the for the ones who would rather be inside and you know, we'll try. We'll try to uh, watch a movie one night, and you know. And there's also during cousin camp, we try to plan a couple of uh, events. You know, we'll go to the rock climbing or place, or uh, perhaps uh, last year we, I think it was a couple of years ago, we took a tour of my brother-in-law's concrete plant. Now, that doesn't sound like something that <laughs> that kids would like, but they did. They yeah. got up in the big concrete truck and, and had a great time. So it, it's just, it's memory building, you yeah, know, and yeah. it's an opportunity to just be around one another uh, and share the gospel with your grandkids. Well, I just got asked, do you have pizza that during that period of time? 
Pizza, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll have pizza. Meals are meals are a challenge, so we'll we'll do what's easy yeah. a couple of times. Well, I, I'm just telling you, uh, I, here it's two grandparents in here, Nathan. So you're going to have to put up with it a little bit. <laughs> That's all right. Nathan's middle one, Jude. I don't care what's going to happen. If he's here more than one meal, he wants pizza to be one of them. That's right. And uh, that's just who they are. Again, cousin count. The spiritual aspect, is it collectively or one-on-one best? Usually collectively. Yeah. 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 And and, and individually, if you have – if that happens, we're not – we don't try to force that into – our living situation at that point, you know, there's there's lots of kids around the house, so there's a lot of goings on. So it's usually collectively, you know, a, a Bible reading, a story in the evening, that kind of thing. And as, as you know, with kids, that can't last very long. You know, they're <laughs> going to be wiggling around and yeah. uh, messing with their cousins and that sort of thing. So. We uh, when I with three sons that Jan and I had, it was easier when they were younger with me because I'm kind of halfway active anyway. And I'd I'd play the donkey that they were riding on, or the giant they was going to kill, or the rooster that was going to crow, and it, it kept them kind of as they got older. It wasn't quite as fun to do that, and I wasn't going to be the donkey and yeah, let it, them ride me. It got embarrassing like. after a while. Yeah, you know? when they're when they're too big for the donkey, you don't do that yeah. anymore. But you find ways. You find ways to pass. Yeah. It's, it's isn't it passing the baton of faith? A- absolutely, on? it is passing the faith. That's exactly what it all amounts to. And you know the, the the whole event, the whole cousin camp thing. It can be as simple or as elaborate as you want it to be. Uh, it's not a, a high expense kind of thing. We're just living life together for a few days oh, for an extended period of time until until Pop gets worn out. Yeah. I do have one question yeah. with that logistically. So are the parents there helping or are they like on vacation themselves? They're on vacation. Okay. Yeah. No so, parents allowed. So you guys are, are brave and Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As the ad says what goes on at Annie and Pops is uh, you know, just between us. Yeah. <laughs> is a, a six month old coming and y'all taking care of him or are they the six months no, old stay with the parents? There's a certain level that you uh, got to say a certain age you've gotta be. I, I, I'm not up for a a six yeah. month old yet, and, and a one year old they won't they'll want mama in the middle of the night. So uh, yeah, that's just the case. Yeah. Again, uh, this is cousin camp. Our, our guest is Rusty Benson, and I heard about this and one it's a mission, Nathan. Yeah. I don't know of any more important mission than your own family. Yeah, I mean everybody. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself a missionary or what you consider yourself. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have at least one basic mission field that everyone has and that's your family that's your home and i don't care where where you are in the role of the family you might be a child your family is still your mission field and uh, you have you know some responsibility and and duty toward that and as you get older and and become a, a parent and grandparent some of that changes the dynamic of that of how you approach it but at the same time that mission field is always going to be with you yeah. and for many people it's the most difficult mission field for missionaries living overseas in some difficult situations. You can go, you know, thousands of miles away, but you're never leaving your family and they might be, you know, away from you, but they're still your, your field. And God has placed you there to make disciples. And uh, it's a, it's a difficult thing for many people, but it's uh, absolutely essential. And that's what this program is doing is encouraging you and also trying to equip you 
to be able to be that influence of in their family. I think of a biblical model is Timothy. Paul wrote to Timothy and says, the faith that I see in you, which was also in your mother, Eunice, and your grandmother, Lois. I got a feeling that Lois, the grandmother, and Timothy had a real strong relationship, according to what Paul was referring there to, guys. Yeah, and, and I, I, th- I think you can see uh, numbers of either direct models or implication in the Scripture of the importance of not only parents but of grandparents. Our our job, as Nathan said, it may have the dynamics may have changed, but we've still got something to add to our family's our purpose, life. Our purpose, our purpose, purpose is the same. It's right? the same. Good. Right. Well, moving on from that and expanding a little bit on that is grandparenting. And one of the things you do at at you read books and sometimes you review those books and you can see some of those reviews in the journal. I always appreciate that part. Of, I I love the AFA journal. And the way it's laid out, you guys do a magnificent job, but at the back, they'll usually have some book reviews. Yeah, can I uh, make a, a confession a, yeah. a little bit as a as a book nerd? That's usually one of the first places I go to <laughs> is the back and check the reviews. Yeah, I'm storing Nathan's books at our house since he can't keep them all and he doesn't want to get rid of them. He's never seen a book that didn't need to get read. and uh, so he, It might not be read, but at least I have it, you know, have in it. case I have it's time on your to list. That's right. But you have found some resources in books for grandparents that that have been just a blessing to you. And as you were sharing one of them, I, I told him, I'm getting that one. And uh, But tell us a little bit about grandparenting and the books and the resources. I, I really didn't go looking for this one. It just kind of landed on my desk one day. We, we get a lot of that right. kind of thing in the mail. Publishers who want us to review their books. But this one is simply called Grandparenting, Strengthening Your Family and Passing on Your Faith by Dr. Josh Mulvihill, M-U-L-V-I-H-I-L-L, published by Bethany House, and I think it's widely available. If not, you can get it. I know at LegacyCoalition.com. Now, I don't know anything about Josh Mulvihill, really, He's uh, except what's written here in the book, but his insights are just uh, the best that, that I have seen. I would just so highly recommend this, and he starts from this premise. Um that our job, our privilege, our blessing as grandparents goes far beyond what our culture tells us that it is. It's not, you know, spoil them, feed them with sugar and send them home kind of thing, that we've got plenty of uh, responsibility and uh, blessed responsibility in our, in our grandparents' life. And we uh, need to be about the business of doing that. And it's not, this is not necessarily a how-to book, but it's, it's definitely a convicting book. He, I, I remember that there's, there's one statement in there, and this, this is just one that really hit my heart. Uh, he opens his book with the just bombshell statement or question. He said, would it make any spiritual difference to your children and grandchildren if you were no longer alive? Wow, that that hit, really hits that grandparents. Really hits my heart. It hits yeah. grandparents because we we've come to an age where death is more what uh, real to you. Because you, if you look into obituaries, you'll find folks at your age or younger that are dying every day. Right, right. As we like to say around our house, 
we we go we turn to the obituaries first to see if we're there. That's right. <laughs> hey, have you ever turned there and found out somebody with your name in it? And it wasn't you, praise the Lord. And uh, with Bert, I don't have that too much, but I've seen others. They said, man, my name, John Smith, uh, he's died several times before the real one died, according to them. But in in this grandparenting, we sure should make that kind of difference. I was telling you yesterday, Rusty, Phil Waldrop, a good friend of, of ours and uh, been around, and he said on 9-11-2001 that the kids in the schools, when they needed to leave, the one, the the phone call that was made quicker than anyone else, the most, was to grandparents. And uh, the reason was they were available. Right. And, and a lot of th- that's true. Grandparents tend to set aside time for their grandchildren. That's what you do with cousins count, Rusty. You and your wife set that time apart every every summer so that they can come. Grandparents tend to make time for the grandchildren, don't we? Oh, we love them so much. And also, as you said, the, uh, growing older <coughs> brings with it a certain urgency. You know, there are serious and important things that I want to do during the years that I have left, and those are fewer and fewer, obviously, the older that you get. And, and those kinds of things oftentimes orbit around my grandkids and yeah. the fact that I want them to know Christ. And it's good to remain a grandparent. Those grandparents that are having to be the parents at that age when we're older, when they're older, you know, every time we keep our children, our grandchildren for any length of time, it reminds me of some people that I've pastored who they were grandparents and they had those children all the time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so if that's true in your church, with people you know and you go to church and there's a grandparent who is raising their children, get on board with them and yes. say, hey, could uh, can Joey come over to our house? And, and you know, and, and so those grandparents like that, Rusty, really they're having to become parents. It's taking, I, I want to say this, it takes some of the joy of being a grandparent away. It would I, have to. I'm sure, it, I'm sure it would. And it's, is uh, I hear I hear this often, and and it is true. There's there's a reason that young people <laughs> are the ones who are parents. It's a diff, It's a tough job. It's physically a tough job. It is. Yeah. Well, I know you got some other books that you have read. Would you mind sharing one or two of those with us? <clears throat> I'll reluctantly share these, and I say reluctantly because it's it, it's 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 my contention after being a parent. <laughs> Uh, that uh, I don't need to speak in any kind of way as giving advice for <laughs> other parents. I've learned, I've learned, if if anything, that parenting is not a cause and effect situation. That, and uh, uh, there's an author, Julie Lowe is her name, has written a book called Childproof that I would uh, recommend. It's it's especially for for parents of younger kids, and it's. And the subtitle is Parenting by Faith, Not Formula. And that's what I'm trying to say that's here. It, man. It is. is that there's no list of 10 things that if you do, then you're guaranteed your children will turn out great. You know, I know parents who are faithful Christians who's, and you do too, I'm sure, that yes, who's, 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 who's kids are rebellious in some way or have gotten caught up in something 
not good. And I know parents who are not believers whose kids turned out great. You know, and yeah. so this parenting is not a cause and effect. It's it's a cause to depend upon God. Mm-hmm. In math, two plus two equals four. <laughs> but parenting is not that kind of mathematical formula. Uh, and one person said it. It's like having a child on the canvas, a painting, and you're painting and you make a mistake. And what you, you're just going to make mistakes And what a good parent tries to do is come back and blend that in, that mistake with some things that would uh, help them. Bob Ross, you know, making his happy trees. It's not a mistake. It's a happy accident or something. (laughs) Hey, you're you're revealing when you grow grew up, man. (laughs) Our kid, of all the the shows they would watch, here was this guy with a paintbrush and a canvas. And an afro. And an afro. And an afro, talking in a mild voice. And kids and adults both just sit there and watch that. That's amazing. But it's it's not a formula. The Bible says that which is not a faith. It's sin. So we raise God keeps us. God keeps us close to Him by faith. Doctor Dobson said, "There's nothing like parenthood to keep you on your knees." And honestly, that doesn't stop when they leave home. You're still praying for them, don't you, Rusty? Oh, absolutely. Uh, your your role as a parent, your love for your kids, obviously never ends, no matter how old they are. My mother still thinks. She's 94, and she still thinks I'm 14, I think. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funniest things i ever heard, I was pastoring this lady. She was, not, she was in her 90s, and her, her son was on a mission trip up in Alaska. And uh, I was pastoring, and I said, well, when is your, your son coming home? And she said, now, she was, he was the youngest of her three, said, my baby comes home tomorrow. <laughs> and he got home, and I told him he was the ugliest-looking baby I'd ever seen and told him the story. So we still I, I agree. We just treat them that way sometimes, and it's hard not to as parents. I'm trying not to treat my sons that way. I try to treat them as peers, but every once in a while, it's just it comes out, doesn't it? Well, the closest the closest that I'll come to parenting advice is is just this that parenting is is a work of patient faith and godly wisdom. Uh, it's not a formula. I found out Nathan, you consistency. Trying, I mean, sometimes That's a challenge. That is a challenge, yeah. and and I don't mean in any way except it's a challenge because sometimes you feel great man you're ready to go and sometimes you've had a bad day and you come in and you're you're coming in grumpy already from work and they could say the same thing they said the day before and you didn't even respond to it and it was fine you may even laughed at it and this time you jump all over them for saying it and i say god forgive me that's not the child's problem and so, man, I don't know about you, but I pr- I prayed that I could be at least a little consistent in yeah, my well, parenting. Well, I, I mentioned a couple of resources here, the grandparenting book and this Julie Lowe book, but the best resource Let me see. is prayer. Amen. Is prayer and uh, the advice of God's Word. Uh, just a simple, ordinary means of grace Amen. that God has given us. That's it. It is. Guess what? We're saved by grace. We live by grace. And like Bill Stafford said, anything above hell is grace. Mm. That is so true. Nathan, it's been good to be with you again, as always. Great to be here. And Rusty, thank you, man. You're welcome. And a shout out for Rick Robertson for making this recommendation. (laughs) We appreciate it so much. 
be on mission for God, but Nathan, can you think of a more important place for mission work to happen than in the home? There's no uh, more important place. And when you do, as Psalm says, they're like arrows in the hand of a mighty man. They go where you can't. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions.